The church's Second Vatican Council started in 1962 and ended in 1965. This council took place at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. One of the most important documents that came out of that council addressed the church in modern times. And there's a profound statement in that document that really applies to our readings today. It said, Christ fully reveals man to himself and makes his supreme calling clear. In other words, as Christians, the more we get to know Christ, the more we get to know ourselves. The more time the disciples of Jesus spent with him, the more they came to understand themselves better. And we see Peter saying to Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And in return, Jesus saying, you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. And so we can see that theme happening in our readings today. And so what we're going to take a look at is why did Jesus take his disciples up to Caesarea Philippi first? And then two profound questions. Who is Jesus and who is Peter? And so first, that question of why did Jesus take his disciples up to Caesarea Philippi? Recently, Jesus has been performing mighty miracles around the Sea of Galilee. He took five loaves and two fish and multiplied them to feed 5,000 people. Him and Peter walked on that stormy sea. And now Jesus is going north 20 miles up into Caesarea Philippi. The city was a Hellenistic or Greek city. It was filled with Gentiles. Like many of the cities during that time, there was a cultic temple and a huge rock dedicated to the god Pan. Pan is where we get the word uh, panic from. This god Pan would cause confusion in the lives of people. At the temple of Pan, there is an entrance that's called the Gate of the Netherworld, or Hades. If you entered through that entrance and went down into a cave, you're actually going down into Hades. And so we may simply wonder, what is Jesus, as a Jew, doing in Gentile territory? No Jewish people went here. So what is he up to? When he's with his disciples, first and foremost, he wants to reveal to them his identity who he is. He also wanted to get away from the crowds and the Pharisees who were always chasing after them so he could get some alone time with his close friends. As Jesus was standing before the temple of Pan, right next to the, the gate of this netherworld, what does he tell Peter? I'm going to establish a church and the gates of the netherworld will not prevail against it. He's establishing his church. This is his church. Right in this place of the temple of Pan. I'm the real God. Pan is not. It's pretty profound. And so now comes the question, who is Jesus? This is the question he poses to his disciples. Who do people say that I am? We come to hear that some of the responses are saying that Jesus is one of the greats of all time. If Jesus was a young athlete and said, what are people saying about me? Some of the responses would have been, you are a Wayne Gretzky, a Bobby Orr, Tiger Woods. 
Michael Jordan. He's one of the greats. And if he was an athlete, he would not be insulted by that. Yet as we know, that's, that identity of Jesus falls short of who he truly is. So he turns to his disciples again and says, but who do you say that I am? While, while 11 of the apostles stay silent, Peter steps forward and gives that profound profession of faith. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. What Peter is saying is, Jesus, you are so much greater than anything we could have ever expected. No one in Israel would have expected someone like you. We knew that someone would come from God, but we didn't expect it would be God's own son. You are the living God, not this God, Pan. That's quite profound. Jesus as the living God, standing before them. That's who Jesus is. And now who is Peter? We can most clearly see who Peter is by the name change, Simon to Peter. As we know, Peter means rock. And so Jesus says, you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of the netherworld will not prevail against it. Jesus is claiming Peter to be the first pope. He's establishing him as the actual foundation of his church. And something quite beautiful for us is that we can see that continue on until today. It's through apostolic succession. And so currently we have Pope Francis. He's our Peter, he's our rock on which Jesus guides and leads his church. If we want a, simply a concrete image of how this works, something quite beautiful is if we were at this council, the Second Vatican Council in Rome, if you look up to Michelangelo's dome right there, it has those words, you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. Well, the way to experience that inscription is to actually go on a Scavi tour. The Scavi tour is where you descend below St. Peter's Basilica and go into an ancient cemetery. Immediately below this dome is this Baltacino or tent. Below that tent is the main altar. And below that main altar, then, is this ancient cemetery. Do you know what is in that ancient cemetery? It's the tomb of St. Peter. And so that gives us a concrete image that Christ established his church on this rock. It's quite beautiful. It's just a beautiful image for us to see how apostolic continues today. Maybe something we can take to prayer, then, this week is that statement. Christ fully reveals man to himself and makes his calling clear. The more we get to know Jesus, the more we get to know ourselves.